have your Bibles this morning. We're interested in the book of Genesis, chapter number 29. The book of Genesis, chapter number 29. <clears throat> we have spent some time preaching a series entitled Influencing Generations. And it is concerning those in Joseph's life that would have influenced his life. He that was sold and betrayed by his brothers. He that was raised from Potiphar's house and from not just a pit, but Potiphar's house and from a prison to serve in the palace as governor of all the land of Egypt. And God used some ladies uh, that were in his life. We thought about Rebecca's nurse. That would be his grandmother's nurse and how she was a witness of triumph over trouble. And then we talked about how Potiphar's wife influenced him to get triumph over temptation. And then we talked about how Leah, his stepmother, would have been a blessing and a testimony to him how he learned to get triumph over tears, how that she was an unloved wife. Now today we're reading from the same text in Genesis 29 and we're looking at the fourth part of this a series of messages. We're going to ask if you will stand to your feet. Genesis, in reverence to the reading of the word of God, Genesis chapter 29, verse 16. And Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah was tender-eyed, but Rachel was beautiful and well-favored. And Jacob loved Rachel and said, I will serve thee seven years for Rachel, thy younger daughter. And Laban said, it is better that I give her to thee than that I should give her to another man. Abide with me. And Jacob served seven years for Rachel and they seemed unto him but a few days for the love he had to her. I'm interested in verse 17. Leah was tender-eyed Rachel was beautiful and well-favored. I want to preach this morning on Rachel the unlovely. Hey, preacher Dan says she's beautiful, says she's, she's the unlovely. And we want to get triumph over tribulation. You're going to find out about Rachel that though she is beautiful to look at, inside she's filled with self-will. And that old flesh nature is very much alive. I want us to consider that today. Father, we need your help now. Thank you for the man of God who's prayed for us. Father, I thank you for these people who've gathered to hear us and who support and pray. And Lord, I ask God you'd help us today to share the word of God and help us from it, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. God got me up last night. I thought I had the message completely settled. And he got me up. It's been a little bit since he got me up in the night and began to share some things and speak some things. And I was tired. I said, Lord, I said, just give it to me while I'm laying here. God said, up. I got up, I prayed. God said, go to the study. And got my Bible out. I want us to consider Leah. We know what happened. I want us to consider Leah as God's will for your life. I don't want you to consider Rachel as your will for your life. Leah was married first, then Rachel. I want us to think, first of all, we're studying Rachel. 
We'll see, number one, that Rachel is discovered. The Bible says that uh, Jacob loved Rachel. She's beautiful, well-favored. She's got an older sister. The Bible says she's tender-eyed. I don't really know what that means, but maybe it means she's ugly. <laughs> maybe it means she's unattractive. Maybe it means she's squint-eyed. She's, she's weak-eyed. I, I don't know, but, but he loved the younger sister. And uh, he w- went to her daddy and said, I'll work seven years for Rachel. He even points out thy younger daughter. I think he thought it might be a possibility he could get the older one. And he said, Rachel, thy younger daughter. And Laban gave himself a wiggle room. He said, it's better that I give her the pronoun. Didn't say Rachel's name, but in his mind, he's thinking he's going to give Leah to him to marry. And the Bible says this looks like it's off the the front of a Hallmark card that Jacob loved her so much that those seven years seemed unto him but a few days for the love he had for her. Isn't that amazing? It almost makes me sick to hear. But it's the truth, amen. Those he loved her so much. But I'll tell you what it was. It was self, self-will, flesh, that which attracted him, that which lured him away. Now, Rachel has been discovered. Number two, Rachel was displaced. We know that he's asked for the hand of Rachel. And we know that uh, when they get there for the wedding, she was, she was probably veiled and veiled and veiled and covered. And the Bible says that when they went into the tent that night, behold, it was Leah. Leah had displaced Rachel. Rachel was promised a wedding. Rachel was promised a young man's hand. And her sister was given that hand. And Leah has displaced her sister. Now, in the morning, Jacob jumps up and he says in verse 25 to the father-in-law, wherefore then hast thou beguiled me? And he says, around here we give away the firstborn before the younger. Number three, I want you to see Rachel is displeased. Preacher, what do you mean she's displeased? Read with me in verse 27. Father-in-law says, fulfill her week, and we will give thee this also for the service which thou shalt serve with me yet seven other years. And Rachel, excuse me, and Jacob did so and fulfilled her week, and he gave him Rachel, his daughter, to wife also. A lot of times we say he worked seven years, he got Leah. He worked seven more years, he got Rachel. Well, that's not exactly how it happened. He worked, he worked seven years, he got Leah. At the end of the week, he got the other sister. Then he worked seven years after that. Within the week, he'd married two sisters. Sounds like something on a Jerry Springer show. <laughs> Marriage has not gone off to a good start. He's got two wives, and Rachel is very displeased. Read with me, uh, verse 30. He went in also unto Rachel, and he loved also Rachel more than Leah and served with him yet seven other years. Now what's this verse right here, verse 31? We're talking about Rachel. She's displeased. She's displaced. Look at verse 31. When the Lord saw that Leah was hated, in my mind, I've always looked at that verse and said, well, Jacob loved Leah more than he loved, or excuse me, loved Rachel more than he loved Leah. But the Bible says here that when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, Who hated her? I always thought maybe that was Jacob. may have been her sister. 
Rachel hated her. My flesh hates the things of God. My flesh can't stand God's will for my life. Did you know that Jacob had a choice? When he married Leah, got the wrong sister, right? But when he married her, he had a choice. And he went and confronted his father-in-law and said, you've beguiled me, but he had a choice. He could have chosen to stay with just Leah, God's will for his life, and learn to love her, or he could go beyond God's will for his life and follow the flesh and marry her sister also. Now I'm talking to somebody today. God has a will for your life. But you see it another way. And you keep pushing and pressing to do it your way. And the reason I know is because I do this also. You have inside of you, if you're saved, the Holy Spirit. And God has a will, your needs being met for your life. But you have other things in mind. I'm talking to somebody today. When the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb, but Rachel was bared. And we know that Leah, God's will, productively in his life, she had four sons. She had, uh, she had Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah. Number four, and I'll be done. Rachel is dissatisfied. Look at verse 1 of chapter 30. Rachel's dissatisfied. The old flesh is dissatisfied with what's happening. <clears throat> when Rachel saw that she bare Jacob no children, Rachel envied her sister and said unto Jacob, Give me children or else I die. She's dissatisfied. You know, when you start looking to your flesh, let me say it like this. Jacob was living with Leah while loving Rachel. And when you are in the flesh and wanting to do your way, you'll become dissatisfied. So much so that she had, I've got A, B, C, D, E right here, A. She had a dislike for her sister. She had a distaste. She had disdain. She was envious of her sister. You see, in the pressure of this relationship, of this situation, Rachel's character begins to surface. We begin to see this beautiful girl, who she really is, on the inside. I want to read you a verse of scripture about envy. Proverbs 27.4 says, Wrath is cruel and anger is outrageous. But who is able to stand before envy? What is envy? Envy is angry at what somebody else has mm. that they do not possess. Envy begins with empty hands and begins to mourn its lack. To be jealous or envious against what someone else has or to begrudge it is to be opposed to the will of God. You see, we may look at what happened to Jacob getting Leah first, but as I think about it, God began to show me 
that that had to pass through his hands first. And God allowed it for a reason. That was God's will for his life. It may be that you're here today and God's will has been done in your life. You've, you've got other plans. You've got dreams, hopes, aspirations of the things you want to be or things you want to do. Listen, when I graduated high school and I took off into college, did you think my plan was to be a Baptist preacher? You think my plan was to be a pastor in Spruce Pond, North Carolina? You see, I had a love, I had a dream, I had hopes and aspirations for myself. And one morning I woke up and God says, but this is, your, this is my will for your life. You didn't plan on having cancer. You didn't plan on falling and getting hurt. <clears throat> you, didn't you didn't plan on that bad thing happening to you. You didn't plan on losing that job. You didn't plan on your spouse stepping out on you. You didn't plan on any of those things. But you woke up one morning and that's what God's will had dealt to you. And you can be angry about it all you want to, but that's the truth this morning. And the Bible says she was envious. Envy is the daughter of pride. Envy is the author of murder and revenge. Envy is the slime of the soul. Some people spend their whole life wishing they had what somebody else has. Wishing they were who somebody else is. Wishing they could do what somebody else does. And you never take time to enjoy what God's doing in your life because you feel like you got cheated out of what you wanted to do. What if as a pastor I went back to when I was in high school and in college and said, man, I want to go back to those days when I was doing what I wanted to, man. I wouldn't make it very far. She had dislike. B, she had, she became demanding. This is what happens to you when you start living in your flesh. You get demanding. Look what she said to her husband. She said, give me children or else I die. This is what she's saying. I, if I can't have my way, I'd rather be dead. <clears throat> I'd rather die as do it any other way. Wow, here's a woman with great physical beauty. She has the love of her husband. She has vast material blessings. She's not satisfied with all that God's given her. Verse 2, Jacob's anger was kindled against Rachel. And he said, am I in God's stead who hath withheld from thee the fruit of the womb? Do you think that maybe it was Rachel that had hatred towards Leah? More so than Jacob. My Bible said Jacob loved Rachel more than Leah. And then the Bible says she's hated. I wonder if she was hated not by her husband, but by her sister. The old flesh. And now she's got dislike for her sister. She's got dislike for the will of God. And now she's demanding. I'm talking to somebody today. You've become a demanding person, haven't you? Out of nowhere, this has come up. See, she is filled with discontent. Discontentment has ruined countless relationships ever since Jacob's day. Some couples get angry with God because they can't have children. 
while others have children, they want to get rid of them, and they don't want them to begin with. Homemakers that want to be working wives and and working wives that want to be full-time homemakers and, and Christians who are discontent with where they live and what they drive and what job they go to and how much money they make. Discontent, discontent. Wives discontent with their husbands. They find fault with their husband now. They scold him and they make demands because, uh, because you didn't get what you wanted. Husbands discontent with your wives. Criticize, demand. Supper's not on time. She didn't fix her hair the way you wanted. I'm telling you, you're never satisfied. Hey, when you get that spirit of discontent, you'll fuss, nag, bicker, quarrel, complain, and all those things surface in your home. And if I brought your little children up here today and asked them to testify how it was this morning at your house, dear Lord, you wouldn't want to hear what they have to say. I told my wife, I said, pray for me because I'm telling you, they're not going to hear what I have to say today when I preach. When you get off in your flesh, you are filled with dislike, you are filled with demands, and you are filled with discontention. The Bible says, Paul writing, I have learned in whatsoever state I am, I am therewith to be content. Paul said that godliness with contentment is great gain. D. She began devising. Her discontentment, her dissatisfaction, look what she does in verse 3. She said, Behold, my maid Bilhah, go in unto her, that she may bear upon my knees, that I may also have children by her. And she gave him Bilhah, her handmaid, to wife. She had two children this way, through her maid, Bilhah. She gave her husband to marry a third woman as if things weren't, dear Lord, bad enough already. Now they it, bring in another one for the Springer Show. And here's another one to add to the discontentment and the dissatisfaction. And she's scheming. She's devising. She's plotting. She's trying to figure out and solve the situation. I'm telling you, it's amazing how you'll begin to devise and plot. Remember Sarah with Abraham? God had the promise given to him of God that one day he would have an heir and his wife couldn't wait anymore and said to Abraham, gave him a suggestion, why don't you take my maid, Hagar? Abraham had a choice, ladies. Abraham could have said, no, woman, you're talking like a foolish person. I'll never do that. God's given me a promise. But oh no. He said, that's cool. Let's do that. And how'd that turn out for him? I'm telling you, when you're off in the flesh, away from the will of God, you're going to get in trouble. Devising, scheming, plotting. Hmm. E. I think about her disposition. Now, I want to read verse 8. Rachel said, with great wrestlings have I wrestled with my sister and I have prevailed. This is after she had two sons through Bilhah. She said, I've prevailed. Do you think the flesh is prevailing? No, it's not prevailing at all. And Leah, 
She said, well, I'm not having children anymore, and now my sister's having children. So she gave her handmaid. Now there's four women in the situation. I want you to look with me in verse 23. I was going to leave this out, but I'm not going to. Verse 22. I want you to see Rachel's disposition. And God remembered Rachel, and God hearkened to her, and opened her womb, and she conceived, and bare a son, and said, God hath taken away my reproach. Now, finally having a child of her own, I would think she would be satisfied. She's finally gotten what she's wanting. She's got the love of her husband. She's got good looks. She's got all these many blessings. And now she finally has a child of her own. Woo! Time to praise God. Time to get it on with it, man. Verse 24, she called his name Joseph. You know, this is what it means. The Lord shall add to me another son. In other words, though she has Joseph, she's still not happy. I want another one. That's what your flesh wants. It wants more. More and more and more and more. And it craves more and it's never satisfied. Some years ago, there's a hummingbird feeder. And the hummingbird sentry comes down to make sure that the feeder is clean free from any predators, and the hummingbird sees, hanging there on the side of a feeder, a praying mantis, almost as long as the feeder was itself. And he begins to poke and prod at that praying mantis, trying to get him to leave. Now finally, the praying mantis reaches out, praying not because he's praying like he's in church. He's praying because he's a carnivore. He's a killer. Protected by the state of North Carolina, as a potential endangered species. Hummingbirds are not protected, but praying mantises are. Don't kill one, you'll get in trouble. And the praying mantis leaps from that hummingbird feeder and thrusts his foreclaws into the abdomen of that hummingbird and pulls that hummingbird to the ground and begins to kill that hummingbird on the ground. And then he began to eat. And that praying mantis represents the flesh. And the hummingbird represents the spirit, your testimony. And quickly as he begins to try to eat that hummingbird, thought, man, that's too big for you, buddy. But the flesh is never satisfied. And as he began to eat and eat and eat, that hummingbird got too big for him. And it burst the abdomen open of that praying mantis. Ooh, that's nasty. Now that praying mantis is dead too. You see, your lusts of the flesh... Is going to kill your testimony. It'll also destroy your life. And I know it's not what you want to hear today, but I'm telling you this whole situation here is flesh, 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 flesh. This is a woman who's never satisfied. I'm going to ask you a question, young lady. I'm, yes, look at me. I'm talking to you. What's it going to take to satisfy you? I want this. I want this. I want a car. I want more money. I want this. I want this. What's it going to take to satisfy you? I mean, when will you finally say, thank you, Jesus, for all I've gotten? Sir, I'm talking to you. You're demanding. Your disposition is filled with discontentment. You're always jealous of what somebody else has. You always want more money. You never enjoy what God's given you because you're so caught up in what you don't have. Amen, preacher Dan, you hit my trouble right there. You can never fully enjoy. 
Fully enjoy the people in your life because you always want more. And, will you hear me? People can never enjoy you because you always want more. F. I want you to see her deception. In chapter 31, I'm going to try to move quickly now. In chapter 31, God told Jacob, I want you to get Leah, Rachel, Bilhah, and Zilpah, your four wives in your life, and the children, and all the sheep, and the cattle, and the oxen, and, and the goats, and take them all, and get away from this country of Laban, and go back home. And so Jacob steals away to do so. And verse 19, Laban went to shear his sheep, and Rachel had stolen the images that were her father's. She took her daddy's false gods, his little images. She took them. She took them and hid them because this is what, this is what she believed as a, as a heathen, that whoever owned those images in the family got the bigger part of the inheritance. And I don't want my brothers to get it, and I don't want my sister to get it. I want me and Jacob to have it. Do you see her deception? Do you see her greed? Do you see her flesh longing? Look with me in verse 34. Now Rachel had taken the images and put them in the camel's furniture and sat upon them. And Laban, he, her daddy's come, he searched all the tent but found them not. She said to her father, let it not displease my Lord that I cannot rise up before thee for the custom of women is upon me. She lied. And he, he searched, but he found not the images. Do you see her? Beautiful to look at. Gorgeous girl. That's, fellas, that's the guy. That's a, that, that's a gal y'all want to meet. Till you look at her heart. Man, she is unlovely. When I look at myself in the mirror, unlovely the flesh and self-will and the things it desires and wants in fact look in chapter 35 I want you to see G her distress I'm done right here chapter 35 verse 16 and they journeyed from Bethel and there was but a little way to come to Ephrath and Rachel travailed and she had hard labor what about that? She, God has given her one last request. God's going to add to her another son. And it came to pass when she was in hard labor that the midwife said unto her, Fear not, thou shalt have this son also. And it came to pass as her soul was in departing, for she died, that she called his name Benoni. You know what that means? Son of my sorrow. When she was dying, she named the child son of my sorrow. How ironic. Just years before, she said, Jacob, give me children, else I die. She has Joseph, not satisfied. The Lord will add us another son. And now that she has another son, she's dying, just like she said, 
give me children else I die. And now she is dying and she's screaming, call him Benoni. And she died. But his father changed his name to Benjamin. And Rachel died and was buried in the way to Ephrath, which is Bethlehem. She's still buried there today. There's a monument to her that's a monument to the disaster of discontentment. I want to tell you something this morning, church, will you look at me? I believe that our churches are filled with people that are saved, that are discontent, that are dissatisfied, that are filled with disdain. You're discouraged. Life has been hard. This, you, you, you want this. You desire this. This is your dream. This is your hope. This is your aspirations. And one day you wake up and you've got Leah. Not what you wanted. Not the way you thought it would turn out. And you war against it. You're upset about it. You're bent out of shape. Let me tell you something. Jacob never got over Rachel. When he was 147 years old, he, he began to call his children together and he, he talked about how he loved her and how he buried her in that place. But when it was time for him to die in chapter 49, he says, bury me in the field of Machpelah, verse 30. Bury me where Abraham is buried with Sarah, verse 31. Where Isaac is buried with Rebekah, verse 31. And he said, there I buried Leah. He found out that Leah was the one who really loved him. Rachel was more in love with stuff and things than she was her husband. Isn't that amazing? Now, the gnawing discontentment in her life kept her from enjoying anything. I'm talking to somebody right now. Will you hear me? This discontentment is keeping you from enjoying anything. You'll never be able to enjoy the blessings of God's, God's, that God has given you. And you have loneliness. She died. And when she died, she left her husband to the sister that she envied. I'm just telling you this. What testimony did she have to her son? What testimony did she have? I think it was this. I think that Joseph, growing up in that home, I think he saw his mother, Rachel. I think he saw his stepmother, Leah, Bilhah, and Zilpah. I believe he was a young man. The Bible says God gave him dreams. Am I telling it right? God gave him dreams that his brothers would bow down before him. He was the favored son of all the children. Do you see why? That's the first son of the wife he loved so dearly. He gave him a special coat, a splendid dress, and his brothers hated him because of the coat he wore, because of the blessings that he had. His brothers hated him because he was a dreamer. They even said, Behold, this dreamer cometh. Now all these years, Jacob served to get Rachel's hand and his dream was to live with her and his dreams went up right in smoke right before him. And I think this is what Joseph learned. Will you hear me? The Bible says in Psalm 37, 4, Delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Here's what she's taught him. Son, look to God first. If you'll look to God first, God will give you the desires and the dreams will be fulfilled. But if you decide, young man, that you're going to go off and you're going to manipulate, 
you're going to plot and scheme and devise and try to set things into motion, son, you're going to mess it all up. His brother sold him. He's in the back of a, of a wagon. He threw him in a pit, put him in the back of a wagon, head towards Egypt. Think he could get out of it? He couldn't. He was sold and he's in Potiphar's house. Think he could get out of it? He couldn't. Then she lied on him, thought him in prison. Think he could get out of it? He couldn't. Found favor there. Rose, he rose up to do what? Interpret dreams. And guess what? God gave him the second in command of all the land of Egypt. Why? God gave him the desires of his heart because he delighted himself in the Lord. Today I'm telling you what you delight yourself in. Will you hear it? You delight yourself in you. That's, quite, that's why you won't come to a Sunday night service because you're going to do what you want to do. That's why we won't see you Wednesday night because you're going to do what you want to do. It's why you're not reading. It's why you're discontented. It's why you're so filled with anger. You want to get on Facebook and blow everybody out. You, you're, you're so short-tempered. You're so aggravated. And every time we have a conversation with you, you're upset about so-and-so, and you're mad about this, and you're pointing out their faults, and you're criticizing. Every conversation you have is negative. You have become a negative Nancy. And I'll have news for you today, old negative Nelly. It's telling on you why you're this way. It's because you are not accepting the God's will for your life. You think you deserve more. That you're entitled to more. And the sense of entitlement is what is ruining this nation. And you hate that. People say, I deserve, I deserve. And it tears you up. And then you turn around and live the same way and believe the same thing. God help you. John the Baptist would get in a pulpit and say, welcome today, you bunch of vipers. Amen. Well, I'll not come back tonight. Okay, good, I got you now. I'm just telling you, you continuing to want to serve your flesh and do what's convenient and popular for you, God's looking for somebody who's willing to sell out for the cause of Christ and be faithful to him no matter if you're in the pit, no matter if you're in the prison, no matter what, you're going to be faithful to what he says. But all you want to do is war and rebel against what God's plan is for your life. Why can you not just humble yourself and say, God, if Leah is what you intend for me to have, Leah it is. You stand to your feet. I wonder... Is there anybody, anybody in the house today? God got me up in the night and said, I'm preaching to you, boy. I'm preaching to you. You want to do this, you want to do that. You're not going to do any of those things until you first delight yourself in me. Woo, man, I had to get on my face about 3 o'clock this morning and say, oh, God, you're exactly right. And he said, now you're ready to go tell it to your people. Now tell them They'll never be able to enjoy anything I have for them because they're always wanting more. Is there anybody today say, oh God, would you help me? Lord, would you forgive me? Lord, thank you for your will for my life. Thank you for your blessings in my life. I praise you and honor you for them. And God, I'm going to get content. Help me to get content. Help me to get satisfied right there. And then you know what's going to happen? Then God gives you the desires of your heart because your desire becomes his desire for your life. 
That's what we need. People who are surrendered to God in prayer. Father, this morning, we ask your blessing today upon our lives. God, you've been so good to us. You've shown us your will for our lives over and over and over. And Lord, we continue to try to devise and scheme and manipulate and long for more and show our discontent and and make our unrighteous demands. God, please forgive us of our ways. Our old flesh is rotten. We are Gentile dogs. We are vipers. God in our flesh. But you forgave us and saved us. And now, God, the Holy Ghost living inside of us, God, you speak to us and tell us, Oh, God, it's time for us to surrender and submit ourselves to the will and the calling of Almighty God. Help us, God, to be an effective witness, an effective testimony. And, Lord, this young man's mother, she changed his life because she taught him don't war against God's will for your life. Don't devise schemes and manipulate plots to try to work things out for your own way and make your own way. Let God execute His plan in your life and it'll be best. Oh God, thank you for showing us that truth another time. Lord, I ask your blessing now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord.